right, you all, welcome back to the 12th edition of season two of the Diggy A2 podcast. Uh, first off, I just want to give a shout out once again, as we do every week, to all of our followers, supporters, and fans that are listening, watching all over the world. Uh, we're closing out season two, so I'm getting kind of sad a little bit. Um, but everything going on right now with uh, just in, in the world, I mean, like we got COVID going on and uh, a lot of times I'll be thinking about like, man, everything that I don't have, but we have so much and I just want to make sure that I'm thankful for that. Thankful for my wife and my health and my kids and this platform and other fans that love hip hop just as much as I do. Uh, so I just want to give a quick thanks to everybody and want to pass the mic to the queen first. Queen, what you got for the people this week? Uh the same just thank you for everyone out there um, supporting subscribing tuning in listening reaching out um, really building building a movement together and which is really unity so um, going back just to the vision statement everyone can shine and succeed together so I'm thankful for everyone who um, is supporting us on this journey all right all right well this week we are actually talking about the second coming of rakim the one of the greatest of all time top five dead or alive we're talking about nasir jones aka nas this week and we have a very very special guest that i want to bring to you all to meet uh she is uh, a radio personality out of hot 107.9 in atlanta georgia she has a long history in radio and she has given us the blessing of coming onto our platform today and her name is Kay simone and we're gonna bring her in so Kay simone how are you good evening and say hello to the people for us hey 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 it's a blessing to be on your platform first and foremost Thank you like so that much. hoodie you got on too. I wonder where you got that hoodie from. I, look- I know. I wonder where I got the hoodie from. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is this is amazing, man. I enjoyed it. I got it paired with my uh with my Bel Air fives right now because of the color on the back. You know, that's it's what's up. Uh, uh, well, we're excited to have you on. Um, I mean, nothing but blessings uh, for uh, for you coming on with us. Like it is just giving us so much excitement and we've been waiting, waiting, waiting uh, to meet you. So uh, thank you for this and thank you for being on the podcast with us this week. Um, the person that we are showcasing is one of the greats. We're talking about Nas um, and Nas has done so much for hip hop. It is uh, unreal. So I'm going to go down a couple of his accolades, talk about some of the things with Nas within the time period. So as you all can see here, we're gonna roll down some accolades real quick. Uh, real name is Nasir Ben Alu Dada Jones. Uh, actually, Nas was introduced to the world uh, on a 1991 verse from the main source album. Uh, actually, the main source song called Live at the Barbecue. He gets on there and he says, when I was 12, I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. So that verse right there, caught the ear of MC Search from Third Base. So MC Search was like, yo, like who was this kid that said this about snuffing Jesus? And he reached out to him, he got him his, he got him his own record deal with Columbia Records, he put him on a song 
uh, on a soundtrack called Zebrahead called Back to the Grill Again. Nas kills that too. And then that's what led Nas to get his uh, first album deal uh, with Columbia. And unfortunately, you all, uh, Nas does not have a lot of awards to speak of. So he only has, from what I gathered up, two hip-hop awards from BET um, from, uh, from some things that I saw uh, from digging up for Nas. So not much in his award trophy. And another thing that alarmed me that I looked up this week was last week we talked about Snoop Dogg having 17 Grammy nominations without a win. Nas has 15 Grammy nominations without a win. So I don't understand hip hop or Grammys or whoever the body of music is, how two of our greatest MCs in our generation does not have a Grammy award in their trophy case. We're talking about Nas, one of the best lyricists of all time does not have a Grammy. Come on, man. We got, we got, we got to do better. We got to do better. But um, one of the things that we're going to focus on during this time period of the shift um, was the date of 19 April 1994 was when Illmatic dropped on the world. So the reason why this is so significant and to a lot of uh, hip hop columnists, a lot of hip hop heads, a lot of uh, people that love hip hop. Uh, recognized as Illmatic as the greatest hip-hop album of all time. 39 minutes and 51 seconds. is the, It's a really short album, but he crammed a lot of stuff within that short amount of time, if you all go back and listen to it. So we're going to dive into that conversation here in a little bit. But as a rite of passage, uh, K. Simone, for every new artist that is on the Diggy A2 platform, you get to tell the world when or how did you fall in love with hip-hop. What is your story? When did I fall in love with hip hop? Man, I don't know. I honestly cannot tell you that answer. Cause you know what? My first CD I ever listened to, my first CD I ever had was Bow Wow's Beware the Dog um, album. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know. I even asked that question, you know, that's, uh, you know, I watch Brown Sugar and you know, that's, um. Sydney Shaw's question, right? When did you yeah. fall for hip hop? So every time I, Bronx League is actually one of my favorites. So every time I watch the movie, I'm like, dang, when did I fall in love with hip hop? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I honestly, oh, dang, I, I truly, I truly, truly cannot say for sure. I can say that one of the first songs when I actually started listening to songs and being able to um, get like, listen to the concepts of of the metaphors that was played along with those was um jay-z's what song excuse me miss okay that was one of the first the first songs that made me want to say you know what let me listen to these songs and like start breaking down these uh these bars and these lyrics and then from there and i think what what line was it it was the uh red or green the red or yeah red or green pill you live and you learn when he broke that that whole line down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I was like, "What do you mean, red and green pill?" Well, I had never seen The Matrix, so I didn't know he was talking. Yeah, yeah, about. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never seen The Matrix a day in my life. So um, I said that was when I first started paying attention to music, and then um, from there, I would say I sat once again. Uh, Brown Sugar was one of my favorite movies, so. Uh, common sense. I used to love her. Went to go listen to that, see what they're talking about, and then I'm like, "Dag, I actually like this. The whole song he talking about hip hop. That's so yeah. cool, like, you know." Yeah. Um, then after that, I listened. I was sitting in the car and listened to um, 
Keith Murray candy bar. Yeah. You know, as he made his comparisons from a woman to a can like of a woman being compared to a candy bar. Mm-hmm. Um and it was so so dope the way that he just like did it. It was it, it was amazing and I still listen to that song to this day. Um and another another one, let me say this, I'll say let me let me also rewind that. Fabulous also played a part too because Fabulous first record that, that came out mainstream was um then and then and then I can't think of I it. I can't deny it. Yeah. I can't deny it. And yeah. the line that stuck out to me till this day, when the time's right, I'ma put your when the time's right, I'ma put your mind right. No, no, no. When the time's right. the left right, side of your head, push your mind right. Yeah. Left side of your head and push yeah. your mind right. Yep, yeah. That. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, oh, did you catch that? Like that was yeah. Did you catch that? Like, oh, he said, when the time's right, I'm going to put this nine right to the left side of your head and push your mind right. Like, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man, that's, that's, but you know what, though? Like, that's the effect that hip hop has on you, right? Like, it has, it, 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 it has an effect on you. And when you start, to your point, when you start becoming a listener of hip hop, not, not when you hear the music, but when you start listening to hip hop, it changes your whole perspective and it gives you a whole newfound love for the culture when you start to listen to it. So it's one thing where you have like a hot song and anybody say some slick stuff or whatever, but when you start to really listen to it, um, that's when you start having a newfound appreciation for it. And what I would tell you is between a difference between a listener and a, a hearer and a listener, Illmatic will make you do that also. So when you talk about Illmatic, uh, some of the metaphors, some of the, the scenery, some of the things that Nas says, and what makes it crazy is when, when Illmatic first came out, they only sold like maybe maybe a million copies. So it wasn't like a like a big pop success like Doggy Style, like we talked about last week, where it sold like all these millions of albums. So people didn't really appreciate Nas by buying it, but the hip hop world knew like, oh shoot, like this is something special. So the source went right on the head. They got to the, the, the board meeting. They said, yo, we're gonna give it five. And they're like, what? We're gonna give it five mics. So the the Illmatic uh, got five mics from the Source magazine, and that is one of the reasons why I think that um, you know it's it's you know when you have like great albums, you have okay albums, you have superior albums. Illmatic is in a class by itself. I don't think there is another hip hop album that is in the class of Illmatic. It's in a class by itself. There's elite albums out there. You know, Stankonia from Outkast is one. Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. Um, the, the score from the Fugees, there's some great albums out there, but when you talk about Illmatic, there's levels to it. And I think Nas, that Illmatic is on a way another level. Uh, the kid was only 20 years old writing these rhymes and it's just, it's just crazy. It makes you break down and think about, um, everything that's going on in New York City in 1994. It's just, it just takes you right back to that. When you hear the actual album start off, it starts off with the train going by, there's a break scene from... Uh, from Wild Style, which is the very first hip-hop movie produced in 1982. There's a scene in there, and he's like, yo, what are, you, what are you doing with your life, man? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, yo, I'm doing this. And then it breaks into, in the background, you hear Nas breaking down live at the barbecue, and it's like he's, he's, he's pretty much depicting, like, I'm choosing this life, 
instead of the, the normal life. This is what I want to do. This is what I've, I've chosen. And that's how the album starts. And it's masterful. So that's going to bring me to my first question for the queen. All right. So let's get into our discussion. Uh, thank you again, Kay Simone, for spending time with us this evening. The very first question is coming to the queen. And off of Illmatic, babe, what is your favorite track and why? So my favorite track would be It Ain't Hard to Tell. Um, so I'm going to give away my age a little bit. I was 16 years old. I think we, living... were, we were 16. <laughs> okay, we were. Yeah, we were 16. I was in New York, though. Okay, I, I was in, in Atlanta. I got, you. I, so got you. I got you. I was 16 years old, <laughs> living in, in Brooklyn, New York, in Marlboro Projects. And he's from Queensbridge Houses, which is in Queens. And people, you know... If they don't know much about New York, uh, they have that tendency to think, you know, Brooklyn against Queens and so forth. And it really wasn't like that. But to get to that point, my favorite song is It Ain't Hard to Tell because he's in the middle of that song. And what I mean by that, I mean he is lyrically depicting Queens Bridge housing verbally and visually for the people who are hearing him so he's literally his first album and as he says you know he wants people to hear it they want he wants people to know him he wants people to know where he's coming from and at that time there was you know he had the crack epidemic and you know you just there was so much going on and I sat back today and I, I mean, I listened to the whole song and as I told my husband, I phased out for a whole hour, <laughs> a whole hour. Did it make you do that? Yo? Because <laughs> it, it just took me back um, because I said those words, you know what I mean? I, I, I knew now being older and wiser, telling myself, damn, Jessica, yo, you said that. You know what I mean? When you was young and you said that to your boys, you knew what slang was, you knew. Right. So to me, that's my favorite, really my favorite track. All of them are good. Yeah. No doubt, bottom line. But all of them are good for the simple fact that that just was a, a big thing for me. And, and he's known for it in yeah. Harvard University. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, when you think about Nas and think about uh, the poetry, so like yes. the street, like, like calls himself the street disciple, right? So he, he's just, he's from the street and he's rapping, but when you listen to it, it's like poetry. Like, I can't even really explain to people unless you hear it for yourself, um, but I love it, ain't hard to tell. I mean, I kick skills like Shaquille holds a pill, vocabulary skills, I'm ill plus matic. Like, what in the, like, what? Like, <laughs> what, like what like who is thinking about this stuff and, and mind you mind you like Nas didn't graduate high school yep. he doesn't have a college degree so this kid's vocabulary is off the charts and that's why a lot of people consider him the second coming of Rakim Rakim the greatest lyricist of all time and they were like this kid from from Queensbridge has got something here and his vocabulary is immensely deep and he just pictures uh what New York in that time is like you know so right. Uh, so with that in mind, Kay Simone, same question to you. you. I'm sure you went back and listened to Illmatic this week. Uh, what is your opinion of the album and what is your favorite track from the album? I think the, the album, um, I'm going to start with your first question. What do I think about the album overall? 
I think the album overall is just a piece of work. Like it's just a, a, a master of art, like to be honest. Um, because like you said in the beginning, he takes us on this journey. But um, not only that, outside of him taking on this journey, when I listen to the when I listen to the album, right? So mind you, let's start here. When Illmatic came out, I was only two. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put our ages out there. <laughs> came out I was just two years old so of course I had to go back and listen to the album that's just what it is um but listening to the album I was able to say okay growing up like how not you really didn't know in my era because like I said when I grew up on us Uchi Wally Wally yeah yeah was the song you know what I mean so it was the song Uchi Wally Wally was it you know so um I didn't, I knew Nas was a lyricist. If I Rule the World, of course, was also a fave with him and uh, 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 Lauren Hill. So listening to the album, I did not realize how influential Nas was based on the songs that I heard. Yeah. Now yeah. listening to the album, I was like, oh, snap. This song was on Streets, um, was on Streets Volume 2 on the PlayStation because that was my one of my favorite games on the PlayStation. <laughs> And I was like, this was the opening song right here. I was able to, <laughs> I was able to say, dang, okay, I see where a lot of artists that I actually like, like for the instance, Game, um, with, on his Dreams record, he was like, uh, Sleep is the Cousin of Death. That was one of uh, Nas's lyrics. I yeah. understood where the beef between Nas and Jay-Z happened. So it was like, oh, okay, this is a historical album right here because all the things that I grew up on and grew up knowing and how we got to an Illmatic start I'm not Illmatic but how we got to an Ether started with Illmatic you know what I'm saying so I I would say like this was this was a a great piece of work for it to still be relevant to this day and it almost made me upset like damn why am I just hopping on this like I'm crazy (sighs) you know for just just getting on it but hey you know it's never too late to learn right Um, yeah. Now, what are my fa- what's my favorite song on the record or on the album? I would say two, two songs. Okay. Um, New York State of Mind is 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 definitely one of my faves. Um, when I listen to New York State of Mind, taking myself out of the fact that I uh, taking myself out of the equation that I do have friends from New York. I've been in New York, walking around New York. But let's just say it, it, this is 1994. I don't know nothing about New York. You know what I'm saying? Before I met my friends in New York, before I actually started going to New York by myself, moving around, getting to know the city. He told the story of what to expect in his neighborhood. He made you, he told a story that made you feel like you were there. Yeah. Yeah. He told you, he told his story and through his story, you could feel and see and visualize what his everyday upbringing was. So I appreciate, I love New York State of Mind because I love to listen to an artist that can put you in the arena of storytelling and based on, in the way he tells the story, you feel like you're living it. Yep. Or you, you, if you don't feel like you're living it, you can resonate with it. Yeah. Right. And then if you can't resonate with it, then you understand it. Yeah. 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 So I would say that, and then I, I appreciate One Love. I love One Love because, um, once again, the art of storytelling. And he, the way that he told a story, he was talking to his talking to his best friend who chose a different lifestyle outside of him. And it's just like, 
being able once again to visualize and being able to put yourself in that shoes like put yourself in the shoes like okay this is i i know a couple friends that i, I still love to this day but we're not on the same page so right. those the two different lanes so this is me talking to you telling you this is what's going on let me catch you up with everything that's happened since you chose this life and you're not really out in the streets no more you locked up now we all know somebody that's locked up that we cool with yeah. you know yeah. what i'm saying so i feel like that story um him having that story and 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 i, I felt that was like you could this is Nas before mainstream like this is still nazir that's yeah. that's what that song represented to me yeah no doubt um that's my favorite as well um because of the storytelling uh we've had so shout out to Will, william james boyd when he watched this episode a huge long time uh guest on our platform and he said on the show this season that the New York State of Mind is the perfect hip-hop song. The perfect. Yes, Singular one. The, the best hip-hop song he ever heard was New York State of Mind. So that just resonates with, uh, and it came off of this album, and he's mentioned that this, that's the perfect hip-hop song. Uh, and then when you think about Elmatic, the reason why also why it was so significant was because of the production on yep. this album. You know what I mean? He had, a, he had an all-star production cast. He had Q-Tip. Big LES, Large Professor, Pete Rock, DJ Premier, like how in the world was he able to pull all these top producers on his <laughs> on his premiere album? Like it's unheard of in that particular time um, in hip hop. So I don't know how he able he was able to do it. There was so much buzz going around, and the the sound of the music is really what resonates a lot uh, with hip hop heads in general. And it's just great. Uh, it's a great masterpiece. It's a great piece of art it's like looking at art on the wall but you're listening to it instead of watching it um you know looking at it you know on the wall in a sense so and, it's, it's, it's so dope and that's true that's not to interrupt you but i'm sure like a lot of people know the the movie new jack city obviously yeah you know what i'm saying but his to me personally his this album ilmatic he put this more in a verbal visual like you just said you know you could either resonate with it or you could sit back and be like, oh my God, you know, he's telling me something. Right. So, you know, that's why I, I kind of bring up New Jack City because, you know what I'm saying? He put it in a lyricism. He put it in a verbal. He was able to have you visualize it. And he put Queensbridge houses on, really on the map, you I know? Agreed. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, with all Album. I'm sorry. It's just to me, it it did. My husband, my husband put a question out there, um, and you said, "Did Illmatic save save New York hip hop? Save New York hip hop? I want to make sure I said it right. That's yeah, why yeah. I stopped. And to me, I'll answer that question personally. I do think it did save New York hip hop because when did Biggie come out? So Biggie came out um, the same year, but, but he came out later. But the reason why I asked, the, I brought the question up to the group today. Shout out to Hip Hop Heads Unite, y'all work. That's my that's our hip hop group out there. But um, the reason why we brought it up, because uh, during that time before um, Illmatic dropped, you know, between 1991 to 94, West Coast hip hop was yeah. really really taken off. So Dr. Dre came out with the Chronic '92. You know, what I mean, Snoop Dogg came out a year later. You know, what I mean, like it was all this other genres of hip hop, 
and we had the the, the subconscious hip hop. You know, we had um, Tribe Called Quest. We had De La Soul. So Nas. Questions from they the uh, and from New York, right? Yeah, they from New York, right? Mm -hmm. But my point is, you know, there wasn't no like real reality rap during right. that time from Not New York. More conscious, more conscientious rap, exactly. So, so when Nas drops Illmatic, everybody's like, "Yo, like, what in the it world?" Shifted, like, it shifted. Yeah, people started to tell stories. Yeah, but yeah, you know what I mean, like yo. Tribe Called Quest at the time was dropping records like uh, El Segundo and uh, yeah, shout out to Tribe Called Quest, that's one of my favorite groups. Word up, man! Uh, like, yeah, shout out to them, like, shout out to them for sure. They were they were making the, the fun, the fun hip hop. I, I can't say it, it was like storytelling, but it's like, dang, I'm so invested. Like, how you leave your wallet all the way out to El Segundo? <laughs> like, how did you do that, man? I gotta get him. Like, he was like, man, they got my rubbers, they got my jimmies, man. I gotta get it. I yeah, exactly. yeah. So, well, people a, loved it, you know what I mean? But they, okay. but at that time, though, like, there was Onyx, you know what I mean? Onyx was out. Onyx was great. We, type, we had an episode about Onyx, so shout out to episode of Onyx. Y'all check that out. Um, but Onyx was, Onyx was great. Onyx was rugged and raw, but they didn't really tell the story. It was like the lyrics weren't, you know what I mean? There's, like I said, there's levels in hip-hop. When you got Illmatic coming out, it just it just took over. Uh, it, to me, it, it was New York hip hop savior. I really do think that. Uh, a lot of people did not agree with that, and that's yeah. okay. It's a matter of opinion. You know what I mean? It's a very subjective question. Um, but ladies, I've had a great time talking about Same. Illmatic, and this has been great, a great podcast. And I also want to leave the the fans and the listeners and the followers with one note. Um, and I want to mention One Love real quick because One Love is my favorite song off the album produced by Q-Tip of Tribe Called Quest. And on One Love, the very last verse of One Love, he is talking to a young kid that's going down the wrong path. And he's like, yo, man, you don't need to be doing that. You know what I mean? Here's my chain. I put it in his pocket. Told him, you know, watch out for the jakes, you know, watch out for the cops, you know, take care of yourself. And if you think about that last verse in One Love, fast forward four years later in the movie Belly that Nas was in with Nas, DMX, uh, Met the Man is in it. And if you think about that verse and then fast forward to that movie, the same thing happens in the movie. Nas on a park bench with a young 12-year-old, 13-year-old cat that's going down the wrong path and he's telling him, trying to school him, like, yo, man, you don't need to be doing this, you know what I'm saying? So... There's so many parallels to Illmatic. It is insane. It yeah. is insane. But uh, so you guys go definitely go out there and relook at Belly now. Could probably have y'all thinking like, damn, yo, he I right. Well, like, damn, either. I gotta go I'm back and watch Belly now. Like that's what he was talking about. So we pay homage to Nas. Like don't judge me, but I tell everybody every time we talk about Belly, I'm like, I didn't get it. What was the movie? I didn't get it. But. So it's not the best movie. I didn't say it was the best now. No, it's not. But I'm just saying, I didn't get it. It was like, well, what was the moral to the story? Like, yeah, it is a little bit kind of all over the place. Yeah. But <laughs> think, now you got a reason to go watch it. Now, go back and watch it when Nas on the park bench talking to the talk to the, the young shorty at the time. was like, yo, man, like, what you doing? What are you doing out here in these streets? And he was like, nah, the streets got me, yo. I can't, I can't turn back. And he was like, there's, there's more for you. And that's the same thing he was talking about in the third verse of One Love. That's the reason why I chose that one as my favorite. But ladies, we got to start wrapping things up. And how we've been wrapping things up in season two is with a hooded salute to Trayvon Martin. So we'll do a hooded salute and we'll let our new guest, Kay Simone, 
from 107.9, hot 107.9, Atlanta, Georgia. Who are you shouting out this week? Um, who am I going to shout out this week? Uh, you know what? I want to shout out all of the teachers out here making a stand for their students, um, fighting on the behalf of the standardized testing, who are risking their jobs, risking their lives on the behalf of these students. I definitely want to shout them out. They don't get, teachers don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, they are definitely last on the totem pole. You know, so I just want to make sure I recognize these 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 uh, teachers because obviously they're not going to work for the check. So you know, um, let's just keep them in mind, keep with keep their struggles in mind, and um, let's continue to root for them and push for them um, any way possible. So definitely, shout out to the teachers. The no doubt, no doubt. Thank you again for coming on, the Queen. Who are you shouting out this week, babe? Um. Actually, my shout outs are pretty simple. Uh, my shout out is to Iske Simone. Word. Um, Word. Because uh, before our, just before the video, you know, she was very humble and, you know, and she still is humble and she understands uh, the reason for the platform and the reason what we're doing out of love and for someone of her stature to say she wants to be on, on this platform, this platform I'm yeah. very humbled. Yeah. And so my shout out goes to you, to everything you do, to how you got where you are, um, and still remain who you are, which is a, a, sometimes a lost art form as you go up the ladder. So that's my shout out is to you and, and just to the progression as we continue this journey, because the journey continues. But you are you are my shout out. Thank you. And mine as well. Okay, Simone, my shout out goes to you, Ma. Um, thank you so much. Uh, we have been truly been blessed with your presence on the podcast today. Um, and outside of that, I just want to give a shout out to hip hop because yes. without hip hop music, uh, none of this would be possible. Shout out to real lyricism out there. Um, people that listen to the lyrics don't just hear it. Um, there's a difference, and uh, I, that's, that's my shout-outs going to this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be having and showcasing the late, great Tupac Shakur. So mm, I cannot wait. In on that one. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we will definitely be showcasing Tupac, Ooh, uh, the sure. late, great Pac, uh, one of my favorite hip-hop artists. And what I would say, possibly the greatest hip-hop artist of all time is Tupac Shakur. Possibly. We'll talk about it next week, so... <laughs> Ah, you know this. I'm just gonna say we're gonna get into that next week. Possibly, right? We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. We'll get into that. But shout out to you guys. Stay safe. Keep your mask on. And happy holidays. See you guys next week. All right. One double zero. Hey, Simone.